and this is The House Call. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into The Brick House. I'm here with my man, Joe. I'm here with my man, Nick, and I'm here with my man, Ernesto. And we're about to talk about all this crazy NBA stuff that's been happening lately. We got historic stretches. We got guys on win streaks. We got a bunch of crazy stuff. But first, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that's Liquid IV. Go get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code at the checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code, the underscore house, underscore call, underscore podcast at liquidiv.com. We got to talk about Luka Doncic, man. We have to talk about Luka Doncic. They call him Luka Magic for a reason because this dude has been going absolutely insane. We saw this dude have a 60-point, 21-rebound, 10-assist triple-double. The first ever stat line like that in NBA history. Oh, by the way, they won the game, and he had a game-tying bucket with one second left off a oh, free throw mess. It was I a, saw that. It was a, Wild. It was, it was ridiculous. And by the way, they were also down by nine with 33 seconds left, which was a historic <laughs> comeback. Entering Tuesday's game, or entering that game, excuse me, teams down by nine or more with 35 seconds or fewer remaining were 0 and 13,884 over the past 20 seasons. So the Mavericks have an historic <laughs> comeback. Like, it's ridiculous. 0 and 13,884. Like, a, a ridiculous comeback from the Mavericks. Luka's got 50-plus in in three of his last five games. The Mavs are now on a six-game winning streak, and they're fourth in the West. And we talked about it on, on, on one of these episodes earlier about Luka Doncic and his MP, MVP case. And at the time, he was the 10 seed in the West. And I was like, listen, and Ernesto was saying it. And I was like, listen, I'm not going to give the MVP to someone who's, you know, the 10 seed in the West. You know, if he gets to a top four seed, I'll give it to him for sure. And he's sitting at fourth, and right now Luka Doncic is my MVP because this guy is fucking absolutely ridiculous. So, Ernesto, I'll go to you first on this one, man, since we were talking about MVP stuff a while back, and and, and you correctly predicted this back then. But is Luka the MVP? Like, put into context what Luka's doing right now for oh, us. Oh, a thousand percent he's the MVP. If he doesn't win the MVP and he keeps this going for the rest of the season, it's the biggest snub since uh, Giannis last year. <clears throat> and uh, And to be quite honest, he's carrying that team like that, like 60, 21 and 10. Like when the fuck have you heard that before? Um, he's carrying the Mavericks <laughs> really on his back and it, you know, that miss free throw tip ball, one foot at the buzzer was just insane. Um, <clears throat> I knew this was going to happen. Uh, I know they were the temp scene when we last talked about him in the MVP conversation and you were one of them like, well, they're not in the playoffs right now. I'm like the NBA season's too long. You can't, and you can't really dictate how it is. I think after the All-Star break is when teams really start to gel and they find their identity and they start playing how they are going to play for the whole season. But Luka's carrying that team. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run in the West because I think the Western Conference is the most open. Is For the first time in a long time, it's really wide open. You know, it's been dominated yeah. by the Lakers, then the Warriors, and then you had OKC for a bit, the Spurs for a bit. Um, but this is the first time any 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 team that's even in the playing can make that can make the finals. Yeah, I agree. I think you know, obviously, what Luke is doing is insane. But you know, the West is so wide open. You know, we saw him basically carry them to the Western Conference Finals last year. So I'm definitely not uh, I'm definitely not putting that out of the question. But Joe, I'll go to you on this one, man. Like, where do you rank that sixty point twenty rebound? 10 assists, triple double and like the history of like regular season performances, the NBA. Cause like, like we talked about, like we've never seen something like that before. So like, where does that rank for you? I mean, 
we always talk about, you know, who's the most all-around basketball player, right? Who's the best all-around basketball player? And, you know, we always talk about how the things that Jordan did and the things that Kobe did. I mean, dropping 80 or in a game or, like, Will Chamberlain, and I think it's, like, 123 or something like that in a game or 122 in a game. Like, those are incredible things to do. But to not only, like, to be able to facilitate, get rebounds, and score 60 points while willing your team to win, because that's what he's doing. Ernesto hit it on die. The guy's willing the team to win. As long as he's out there and has life and breath in his lungs and life in his body, he's going to do everything you do. And it's crazy to me, right? Because I was there when we had that conversation. It was like, oh, you know, you can't give an MVP. I don't know how he's leading MVP votes. They can they can barely win games. Like, he's, try, he's doing everything he can. They're still losing. You know, we were kind of looking at it like, hey, if Steph Curry is going to not win the MVP or the things he's doing down or over in Golden State, obviously, Luka probably shouldn't get it because they're not winning. I go on a two-week vacation, man. I'm gone two <laughs> weeks, and all of a sudden, this guy is just – like just putting straight ice in his veins, waking up, just pissing excellence, you know, on the right side of the bed every damn day. Hey, Mavericks fans, maybe I should go on vacation more because obviously me not being here or not being involved in the brick house is what it took. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Or he's like, new year, new me, dude. Here we go. We got to gear up. You know, I got to start getting it going. But it's wild. And honestly, we were talking about how they were down nine with 34 seconds left. It reminds me of like, what was it? Uh, Reggie Miller, eight, eight points in like nine point nine and a half seconds or something like that. I mean, T-Mac, T-Mac against team, the Spurs too. T-Mac too. Yeah, T-Mac, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about those those clutch performances. And I think that's what's more impressive is the clutch performance that he was able to orchestrate to get them into overtime, to get them the win on top of what he did. I mean, that was probably, if we were like looking at this, if, if the NBA, NBA was a, a single game, right? If you just had to play one game, that would be the game Luka wants to play. Because like that's his that's his submission. Because honestly, that was remarkable. And that shot he made, like completely off balance, completely. But you know, if you look at him, he's a shooter, right? The minute the ball touches his hand, his eyes never left the basket. He it was beautiful. And that's the kind of guy Luca is. Balls in his hand, he's going to give you every opportunity to win. And honestly, it's probably if it's not number one, it's definitely top three performances all time. It has to be. I don't know how you don't put yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to put Wilt's 100 obviously has to be in there, and then Kobe's 81 has to be in there as well. But I think, obviously, those I mean, those performances came, you know, blowout victories. for, for the, and, and it was blowout victories, too. Like, you needed every single one of those 60 I mean, Luka Doncic points. Like, we can go ahead and we can, we can humble Wilt's 100 a little bit. I know there's some people right here who's like, how are you going to humble 100 points in a game? Wilt Chamberlain was the, biggest, was the biggest guy out there. Right. Yeah. Like like he was he was a general he was a the type of player he was was the first time it came on the scene. It's the reason Bill Russell won ten championships and Will Chamberlain was able to put up a hundred some odd points. Those were the only two guys. He out also there had he also had like, like fifty three like rebounds that game as well. He yeah. broke like the rebound yeah. record that game too. He was the biggest guy on the court. Like like there was it was a totally different like you look at the time that was going on, all right? Like there was a lot of our country was not in a good place. All right. Mm -hmm. And he was breaking barriers while breaking rims. (laughs) Let's be real. So you have to think about that, too. But in in an age where, you know, scoring is there, defense isn't really there. But but still, we like I said, Jordan, uh, Kobe, all these guys, like even we look at um, Marcus Smart, defensive point guard. Okay, scorer, not a really good rebounder. He can dish out some stuff, dish out some passes, stuff like that, but not that great. Then you look at Rayshon Rondo, not a great scorer, not an elite shooter, but he can pass the ball with anybody. Right. And like, you know, Rodman rebounding out of his ass. And that's kind of what 
we go off, right? Oh, this guy's great. Three this guy's that. And, but when it comes to an all around basketball player right now, that's Luca. Luca is playing, mm-hmm. doing everything right. And I think it's funny. He's got a great sense of humor. Kid is, is out of this world, right? When as a person, as a basketball player, he's out of this world. And it was funny. He's like, you know, it's like they were asking him, Hey, how do you do the things? And he's like, well, I'm slow. So I have to like, you know, <laughs> be good at this After, game. <laughs> and that's, and that's part, and that's part of the reason that makes him great is because he doesn't rely on athleticism. Like you see guys who rely super a lot on athleticism. Once they start to get later and later in their career, like their game starts to go downhill. And that's why I wanted to bring this up later as far as the LeBron topic goes, but I'll bring it up now. I think Luca is someone who could challenge, you know, when LeBron eventually breaks the scoring record, I think Luca is someone who could challenge that because his game is not reliant on athleticism. Like he can score from all parts of the floor and he's just going slow-mo. He, he's just slow motion, picking his spots, getting to wherever he needs to go. And man, Luka Doncic is just ridiculous right now. And to your point as well, to your point as well, Joe, like Wilt Chamberlain, like I know for me, I, I, coached baseball at a, at a facility and there was a basketball hoop there. So I was playing basketball against all these like 10 year old kids. Like that's what Wilt Chamberlain was basically doing. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just going up, putting an elbow into somebody layup, put an elbow into somebody layup. Like it's just that easy for him. Cause he was so much bigger and stronger than everybody, but we can't, I mean, we can't discredit what Luka Doncic is doing right now, but as far as the Mavericks go, Nick, I'll go to you on this one, man. Like, what do you think? Where, where, where do you think the Mavericks stand up in the West? First of all, put in the put in the context Luca's performances lately. How, what do you think about his performances? And then let me know what you think about the Mavs in the West. Uh, I think that uh, Luca's performances kind of remind me of the James Harden. Uh, what was it? Thirty to thirty-five games where he had back 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 in Houston, where he scored thirty plus in a row in every 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 game. I think uh, mm-hmm. James Harden averaged about 40, 40 in that span as well. Um, I don't know if he'll go on a tear that that's that, like that incredible, but I think he's he's going to do exactly around in uh, what James Harden did. And James Harden ended up winning MVP that year, so I think it's almost inevitable that Luca will win MVP this year. And uh, if the Ma- if if the Mavs get some help for Luca, I think that they'll they're, they'll be one of the biggest threats to to win the championship this year. But um, it is hard to to rely on Luca to go to, for a fifty point triple double just to win. So <laughs> if they're going to do that every night, uh, come playoff time, I I do think it'll he'll it'll wear him down and uh, it, it'll just be that much more harder for him to carry. I agree. I mean, we've we've we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago, but it's so hard for you know any of the all time great players. We've never seen them be able to win a title by themselves. Jordan. Kobe, LeBron, whoever you want to name, we never saw them win a title by themselves. And, you know, there's some solid players on the Mavs, but there's no one who's like, oh, we got to guard him and Luka. It's like, no, we got to stop Luka. And then, you know, and anybody else who beats us can beat us. But uh, as far as Luka's performances go, I'm just going to run off a few numbers that are just ridiculous. It's the first 60-point, 20-rebound triple-double in NBA history. It's the second 60-point triple-double in NBA history, period. Harden had the other one. And for the Rockets in 2018, the fourth 50-point, 20-rebound triple-double in NBA history, the seventh player ever with a 50-point triple-double, set his new personal career highs in both rebounds and points with that game, most points in Mavs history, surpassing Dirk's 53-point game. And then his last five games, 50-10-8 in the first one, 32-9-9 in the second one, 60-21-10 in the third one, 35-13-12 and in three quarters in the fourth one, and then 51, nine and six in the fifth game. And they're on a five game winning streak. So this dude is like, like, how do you even like, come on, man. Like, that's like, that's hard to do in 2K, bro. Like, that's insane. 
Season totals go to 34, 9, and 9, 1.7 steals, 51% shooting. He's first in the league in points per game, fourth in the league in assists, fifth in the league in steals. And like we talked about, that team around him is not great. He's got to carry these guys. And talked about it a little bit. I got Luka number one in my MVP. I'll put probably Jokic second, then Tatum third. But Luka Doncic, man, we got to give this dude his flowers because this dude is, oh my God. Like, I've ne- I, I, this is something that we, we have never seen before. We may never see again because this guy's ridiculous. So you were saying, like, you know, we've never seen like a superstar kind of guy win it on his own, right? Like, really good rounded teams or anything like that, Dirk. like Jordan or anything like that. I, I couldn't help it, man. I had to look yeah. up the roster that Dirk took and, and ended up winning that yeah. championship. And it's like, he had Jason Terry, who I'm pretty sure won six man of the year that year. And it was like Sean Marion, Tyson Chandler. Like, Dirk Nowitzki yeah. did what Luca's trying to do. Mm-hmm. And realistically, he just needs that one six man off the bench. And he could do it. He could I'll, do yeah. what Dirk did with the Mavericks. Since we're mentioning Dirk, I'll give my biggest hot take that I have ever said. And I put Dirk number one power forward all time. Yes, oh, I put boo. him over Tim Duncan. Boo. No, no, you I put don't. Him over Tim no, Duncan. you don't. Yes, you do. Oh, I'm flying because to if you Alabama. Look at Dirk- <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm moving to Georgia don't, in two days. Fly no, to Georgia. Just go to Atlanta. Atlanta. It's probably cheaper. It's probably cheaper to fly there to It's go. cheaper to fly to Atlanta. <laughs> but no. If you look at the sheer talent around Dirk and how much success he's had with the trash around him, and then you compare it to how much success Tim Duncan had with the sheer all stars he had around him, you can you can you make an argument. Dirk, like he said, Dirk carried the, the 2011 Mavs to the finals. There's some bias on your nice. side, Matt. Though there's some bias. There's some bias on your oh, side. Oh, is there? Tony yeah, Parker, there? Manu. Yes, you when have Spurs juice flowing through your veins. Five, he was five right championships, after. three Finals MVPs, two MVPs. Who do you like, have? Like, Who do you have we... to help him? David Robinson. Off, Tony Parker, off, David, Ronald I'm sorry, Ginobili, I even brought Kawhi it up. I'm Lander. sorry, I even we, brought it up. We are definitely getting on base, off base. But first Danny of all, Green. Danny pass it. Okay. Oh, you're gonna bring up Danny Green, bro. Stop and in the 2014 Finals, he went crazy against the Heat. I'm so happy yeah, to be back. Sure, sure, oh, sure. Drop in the yeah. bucket, move yeah, waves let's, everywhere. Let's, watch let's give, Kawhi. let's give, let's give fucking Danny Green all the credit for, for Tim Duncan's title. Let's they had better players than Dirk. Anyways, anyways, Michael what did Finley Greg Popovich do without what? What? What is? What has Greg Popovich done without Tim Duncan? And then you can uh, talk to me. Okay, here we go. Anyways, uh, Luka Doncic is amazing. You got me. You got to be all hyped up on Tim Duncan. Don't talk about Tim Duncan on the brick house. Put some respect on my name. Bro, we're talking about Tim Duncan. You already know. Anyways, uh, man, look at look at look at Doncic. Look at Doncic stretch. Like we got to give him credit. He's an absolute monster. And we're gonna transition to someone who is a also an absolute monster. On his 38th birthday, LeBron James, 47 points, 10 rebounds, nine assists. Lakers still struggling, but they get the win in this game. They're just 15 and 21 right now, 11th in the West. But LeBron's last 10 games, we got to give this dude his flowers too. 33.6 points, or 33.6 points, seven boards, seven assists. But they're just four and six in that stretch. However, so Nick, I'll go to you first on this one, man. LeBron's longevity, like this, is insane for for any athlete in sports to be doing this. Like, is this the best longevity for any player in the history of sports? I would say he's. Right up there with Tom Brady, uh, just just because the NFL is a little bit more of a physical sport, <laughs> and uh, you're you're having flying bodies come at you trying to hit you like crazy. So, uh, what Tom Brady has done to stay in the NFL for 20 plus years, I think, is a little bit more, uh, just absolutely mind boggling. But I just don't think that 
to have to to do what he's doing for twenty plus years and to have the stats that he's doing, I mean, it's it's incredible. I don't I don't think we'll ever see it again. Um, when when he first came into the league, I mean, everybody said if you're not a first ballot Hall of Famer, your your career's not success successful. And he's Wild. he's even outdone what they uh, what they had outlined or outlined for him. So what everything he's done on and off the court, I think, is just amazing. And what what he's done in the last what ten games is just in, incredible. I just think that uh, the Lakers need to get him some help because that team is just not meant for success with the with the roster they have. Yeah, and that was going to be my next question, Nick. You led me right into it. Joe, I'll go to you on this one. Like, the Lakers are still, like, even with LeBron playing as well as he is, like, Lakers are 15 and 20. They're 11th in the West. And they're 15 yeah. and 21. Like, what moves can the Lakers make to, to make this team better? Because they have – this might be the worst supporting cast in the NBA right now. I mean, you're going to have to dump somebody. you got to dump someone, right? And I don't know who it is because, I mean, you can make a blockbuster, right? You could send – Anthony Davis, if you think that's the best way to go and try to get some major returns, because like you said, the roster is not there. So the only way to get everything you need to support LeBron is to get rid of someone you don't really want to get rid of. Someone you think is like a key piece of the organization, but you're obviously not winning with them. And we've seen this happen multiple times ever since we saw the Celtics bring Ray Allen and KG. Everyone's like, hey, as long as they're you know still good, we can plug them into an offense and they'll, they'll make it work because they all want the same thing. They're unified around a championship. Well, apparently that's not the case. You know what I mean? It's not the case there. They're, obviously, these guys are not unified around a championship. I think Patrick Beverly wants a ring. I think Anthony Davis wants a ring. I think LeBron James wants a ring. The problem is, is Patrick Beverly's coming off the bench. Anthony Davis and LeBron are aging and can't stay healthy. And, and Pat Bev they're not sucks. on the court. And Pat Bev sucks a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's what happens when your entire core of your team average age is like, what, 35? I mean, come on, man. What are you thinking? Like, like it's not going to work. You're too old. You don't have enough youthful pieces. I mean, the KG, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce Celtics, they had Rajon Rondo. And we just talked We talked about this before we, we actually went live. Rondo, or I think I brought him up too, he was a hell of a passer. The guy could create offense. And when you have shooters like Ray Allen out there ready, ready just to you know, catch and shoot a three, KG one-on-one in, in the post, down there on the wing, and whatever he wants to do because he can. And then let's not forget, everyone wants to sit there and trash Paul Pierce because, you know, his, his takes on ESPN aren't that great and he's doing all this other stuff. But there was a time when Paul Pierce was essentially the first coming of Luka Doncic. I mean, he went out there and would drop 30, get triple doubles. I mean, he plays the, the same speed. He never looked that quick on the court, but that was the guy, man. And, you know, he, we got Nick over here wearing his, his Miami Heat LeBron jersey. And just remember, it took LeBron, D-Wade, and Chris Bosh to break up the Celtics' big three. And the Celtics, everyone's like, oh, you know, LeBron forced Paul Pierce out of Boston. Yeah, well, Paul Pierce forced LeBron out of Cleveland first. So let's just face that there. But, I mean, you got to give a guy some help. You got to get some things that work. I mean, when KG came there, he was still performing at a high level. When Ray Allen came there, he was still performing at a high level. Paul Pierce was still performing at a high level. The guys you put around LeBron are not doing that. And like I said, the only way to do it is you have to trade someone you don't want to trade. Because people aren't going to take Pat Bev and give you anything worthwhile. People aren't going to take Russell Westbrook. No one's going to take Russell Westbrook for what they've seen from him right now. Because Russ is only effective in a team where he's the number one guy. I got a question mm-hmm. for you. So if you're the Lakers, then do you, I mean, do you have to consider like, you know, tr- maybe trading LeBron and ending the LeBron era with the Lakers? I don't and- think you can. 
Because everybody yeah. was like, the only way the Lakers are going to excel this year is if Anthony Davis takes over this team. And he hasn't done it. He has not done it. And so right then and there, that's your answer. Trade well, AD to a team that needs a solid five to make a championship run. And they're, trust me, there are teams out there going, hey, if I had an Anthony, like, you're telling me right now the Dallas Mavericks with Anthony Davis oh. at the five and, and Luka running the three are not absolutely terrifying. You're they're, telling me. They're like, 100% terrifying. I mean, yeah, I, and, and, but as far as the, as, uh, real quick, as far as LeBron goes, they literally cannot, like, they're not allowed to trade him this year because he signed that extension over the offseason. So they can't trade him until that extension gotcha. actually starts. So they wouldn't be able to trade him right now. But the that thought experiment for next offseason is very interesting, especially after he passes Kareem's record, because I think LeBron wants to pass Kareem's record as a, as a Laker. Um, but next offseason, that will be a very interesting thought experiment because, you know, the Lakers are... Listen, eight, we love Anthony Davis, but he just can't stay healthy. LeBron James still playing great, but that supporting cast, like we we're talking about, is horrible. And I'm, I'll, I'll throw out one name. He's playing for the Pistons right now. Boyan Bogdanovich. He's been going crazy in Detroit this year. He's Dude, averaging 21 a game. I don't think to move anybody, man. I don't think Detroit's willing to move anyone. I mean, they have a young mm-hmm. core. They have a solid talent structure. And they may be in the running right now. I have to recheck the odds because those things change all the time for Webin Yama. So, I mean, like, if they get Webin Yama, who they don't need Anthony Davis. They don't need anybody like that. And they're not going to be willing to give up someone who's going to be a key cog and possibly a championship run next year if they do get Webin Yama. I'm telling you well, right I now. Well, I think it would I think it would be those picks that they would want. They would want those oh, yeah. picks, I think. Just in case just yeah. in case they didn't get Webin Yama, they would want those 2027 and 2029 first-round picks that the Lakers have been talking about for, it seems like, a, you know, two and a half years that they're going to trade. But, but to Nick's point, I will say this right now, Nick. If they do not make a move this year, at the trade deadline, if they do not send someone out to get other people in or try to make a move, there's a strong possibility if they miss the playoffs, they dump everyone, and LeBron mm-hmm. included. And they just say, hey, it's done. We're going to go back to the drawing board, and we're, and we're just going to get as many picks as we can. We're going to do the the old uh, Danny Ainge trick, send everyone away, get all as many picks as we can, and just go to town. Because, I mean, as long as LeBron continues to play the way he's playing, someone's going to give you a decent amount of stuff for him. Absolutely. Because he's he's showing no way he's showing he's not slowing down. You know he wants to play with this kid, and he's probably like you know that's what his plan is. He's planned it out to where he has next two years or wherever the extension is long, so that when that deal expires, when his kid gets drafted, that's the team he's going to. He's gonna play, he wants to play yep. with this kid. So mm-hmm. I mean, it would not surprise me to see him go. It would not surprise me to see Anthony Davis go. I mean, they've been trying to shop Russell Westbrook, but no one wants him for what they're asking. So they'd have to package all three of them together or something like that to get them all out of there to one team. But it would be like a three team, four team trade. It would not surprise me at all. There would need to be a lot of moving parts to handle the cap and the picks and to get the right compensations done and a lot of moving around. But I see if there's anyone leaving that team, it's Anthony Davis. Man, that would be crazy, especially after what we saw from AD earlier this year about how, you know, how dominant he was and how he was probably the best player in the world before he was getting, you know, just stats wise before he yeah. got injured again. Like that would be crazy for them to trick because, I mean, you could get a haul for Anthony Davis. We saw what the Pelicans got for him. So, oh, yeah. but Ernesto, Ernesto, keeping all this in mind, man, after everything we just talked about, how bad the Lakers have been, but how good LeBron has been and the injury to Anthony Davis, can LeBron keep the Lakers alive for a potential play-in berth or even a playoff berth? Get him hoping he can. There's only so much a 38-year-old could do. Yes, he could. There's only so much. I mean, 
Uh, people talk. People compare LeBron to he could be the next Tom Brady. He could play into his forties. Maybe Vince Carter played into his forties and was still playing above the rim and dunking a few times. But it's so much on his body. That's why Anthony Davis was going off because LeBron was not being the first option. He was letting Anthony Davis do his thing. And I, I think you need to either trade Anthony Davis, get a haul. Uh, I'm sorry, Anthony Davis thing. It worked for the season he was healthy, but he hasn't been healthy since. It's not going to keep working. And the reason no one wants Westbrook is because you traded for a guy that honestly didn't do shit the year that you traded for him on the Wizards. And on top of that, you gave up such great, valuable assets, Caldwell Pope, Kuzma. These are guys that could help LeBron right now with Anthony Davis they out. They fit the team. They fit the team. They fit the mold. And you, you took on a $40 million, $40 plus million dollars in cap space, and you lost Caruso, who is a very, very good defender and a very versatile player as well. And you ruined your roster because you wanted Russell Westbrook. And that falls on LeBron because it's been said that LeBron wanted Westbrook. That falls on LeBron at the end of the day. And now you're stuck with it, so you got to fucking deal with it, bud. I'm sorry. You wanted Westbrook. Obviously, he was going to accept his player option because that's $48 million. No one's going to pass up a free $48 million, basically. Yeah. I mean, LeBron definitely bears some culpability for wanting Westbrook for sure. But, you, we like, come on, Rob Palenka. Like, you got to do better than the roster that you put around him Rob Palenka's always going to fucking – I'm sorry. Rob Palenka straight up looks like a bitch that would not say no. LeBron no, wants he this. Does. Oh, here you go, sir. Yes, here I'll get him for you. I'll trade whatever you want me to trade. Oh, you don't like Kuzma, our young player that we drafted and was really good as rookie year. I will trade him for an aging brick. Yeah, but, but I mean, listen, your job as the general manager is to do the fucking job as the general manager, and he is horrible at that job. Like, I mean, people gave Magic Johnson, people gave Magic Johnson so much shit for the for, for the Lonzo Ball thing, and he literally said that Lonzo Ball just needs time. And look at Lonzo now. I mean, Lonzo, he's, not healthy, now, but yeah. he's not healthy now, but when he was playing yeah. with the New Orleans, he was really good. When he, his first few months with the uh, Chicago were really good. You brought Lonzo yeah. in to be a playmaker and a, and, a decent, and a decent shooter, and he was doing that when he was healthy. Now he's hurt. And it's like, God damn, Genie Bus, you done fucked up firing magic. <laughs> well, the, the Lakers have fucked up basically every single step of the way after they won that NBA title because they and- had – even even the next year they had another they had another solid team they just got hurt again and then they decided to blow it all up and go get Westbrook and it, well, I mean it, the first domino was Dennis Schroeder turned down like what eighty million over two years or whatever it yep. was and I then do he, he went inside the yeah. Celtics and got traded so, I, I mean, do that was the first yeah. domino I do need yeah. to mention uh, LeBron's gonna play with his son so. Yeah. It, it's no guarantee. Someone's going to get LeBron age 40, age 41 for one season at least, and he's going to play with Bronny. Yeah, that's a guarantee. LeBron's playing until into he's at least 40, and he wants to play with Bronny on the team and then retire. Um, some Someone mentioned Paul Pierce, like LeBron made Paul Pierce leave. No, Danny Ainge made Paul Pierce leave because Paul Pierce has been very vocal since that trade that he did not want to leave Boston, and neither well, yeah, did KG. KG wouldn't do it. KG would not do it unless Paul came with him. Uh, KG didn't want to leave either. They wanted to stay in Boston. They just wanted Ray Allen out because he was the toxic man in that locker room, apparently. Uh, or Rondo. I don't know. I, I, I'm just saying what I hear. Don't, don't, you know, you're going like this. I don't, I'm just saying what I hear. It's always he said, she said with them. You know, it's, it's he said, she Remember, said. Ray Allen left first and then they got blown out. They got, they lost to the Heat two years in a row, whatever it was. And they were, no, and they were the, the, the year we rebuilt was left. when we lost to the Heat. We lost to the Heat uh, in seven. It was the LeBron yeah, the look, uh, game the six, look. the look, the look game. The look, yeah. 
and it was game okay. seven. But but KG 45. had a no trade clause, and I know we're off topic. KG had a no trade clause. The only way he was going to waive it is if he if Jason Terry and Paul Pierce went with him, and the only team willing to take that for the the load of what Danny H was asking I, was Brooklyn. Thank you, Brooklyn. <laughs> I do want to name drop JT uh, Jason Terry's the Celtics trophy tattoo that he got. Oh yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. good thing he didn't put a year on it because he could still technically that tattoo could mm-hmm. still come to fruition at yeah, some point. Just put it on there. Yeah, I heard you guys. I heard you guys talk about KG. There's another power forward that's not better than Tim Duncan. Anyways, uh, we'll move on to uh, we'll move on to uh, a team that's doing really, really well out east, and that is the Brooklyn Nets, who surprisingly, after a very slow start, have won 11 in a row, tied for the third longest win streak. In Nets history, and they're not just beating up on bums. They got wins over Milwaukee and Cleveland during the stretch. So two of the best teams out east, they beat them both. And right now it's the KD and Kyrie show. They're both averaging 25-plus points, 30-plus points in this win streak, and no other player is averaging above 12 points per game. So, And they're averaging 50% from from the field and 40% from three during this stretch as well. So, Joe, I'll go to you first on this one, man. They're second out east right now. And they've really made their, like I said, they've made a really, really strong push as of late. So, did we write them off too soon? Are they contenders out east? No, absolutely not. I, I this is this is this is fool's gold, man. We said like, okay, this is exactly how they looked. Everyone's like, oh, you know, this is going to be a good series, and the Celtics swept them. All right, they're going. It doesn't matter. Like you can, like what we just said something earlier that how you know oh the Mavericks were the tenth seed and now they're Luca's a definite MVP candidate because now they're the number two or whatever the fuck in in the West. Don't don't let this eleven game win streak. It's a microcosm. It's a microcosm. Sure, they got good wins. You know what? Good teams have bad days and bad teams have good days. All right. It just happens to be that the last eleven games have been good days for the Brooklyn Nets. They're still ISO heavy with Kyrie and KD. They're still reliant on them to do what they're doing right now to win. Because Ben Simmons, by the way, I looked up his stats, like garbage. He plays 27 minutes and he's a bench, he's getting a bench stat. So he's not going to help you. Yeah, triple single across the board. I mean, you're not getting, like, I think they said, like, an average score on the, on, on the uh, player impact, uh, uh, whatever. It's called pie. It's a pie. New, new stats, new acronyms, everything like that. Player impact uh, evaluation or, whatever it's like average is 10 percent is a 10 do you know what ben simmons average or gets on his pie score right now a 10.1 he's average in the league okay everything else is kd and kyrie it always has been and that's why when kd was hurt or kyrie was hurt that the team just never seemed to do anything and we've never seen them be healthy a full season we're not we're just in january this is when the celtics turned their season around last year so i'm not saying it can't happen you know, it's not impossible. It's just improbable. All right. I just don't think they're going to be the number two seed when we get to, you know, when it comes to playoff time. I still think that at best they're a four. They're a four seed because the Bucks are going to finish strong. They always do. They're getting, they're getting working Chris Middleton back. Everything's coming together. They have a few other injuries they're dealing with, but they're going to, they're going to rebound. I think the Sixers are a better team. I wouldn't be surprised when if Lonzo comes back or when he comes back, the Bulls leapfrog them again. Cleveland is still looks dangerous. I still think they can come back. I mean, there's right there puts them what five, six. Sure, they have an eleven game win streak, but it's it's fool's gold. You're you're it's a microcosm of the season. Eleven games out of what eighty two. Yeah, I'm not. It's 11, not. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I refuse to buy. Yeah. It. 
Yeah, 11 out of 82. And, you know, the we like you said, Joe, like we've seen it from the Nets the last couple of years. Like how many how many smart NBA people over the last couple of years have been like, oh, the Nets, the Nets this year, this is their year, you know, and then sure enough, you know, something happens to where it's not the Nets year. But Nick, I'm going to go to you here, man. Like Kevin, Kevin Durant's been playing out of his mind. Like we got to give K like he's. In, in my opinion, he's he's the greatest scorer I've ever seen. Like he can score at will, no matter where he's at. He's incredible. So, is is Katie a sleeper MVP right now? Because we've seen all this drama going on in Brooklyn all year. Partially, it's partially due to you know him and getting you know Steve Nash fired and everything, at, at requesting a trade in the off season and you know be, playing with Kyrie. But um, Nick, do you think uh, KD is a sleeper MVP right now? Um. You know, I think he might be top five or, like, the bottom, like, at five. But I just don't think he's going to gonna surpass any of the any of the guys above him. I, I, I just think that it's he, – he doesn't play the game like the other guys do. He's not ball dominant. Uh, he's very selective with his shots. So he does, he does take high-quality shots, and he's just a, a bucket getter. But, I mean, he's got Kyrie next to him, averaging about, about the same stats as he is, and – the, the other players around the league, I think, are just on a higher impact uh, level right now. What Luka's doing is crazy. What Jokic is doing is crazy. And even what Tatum is doing is, I think, is is topping what uh, Durant's doing. So if Durant doesn't go on a stretch where it's just a, a historic stretch, I don't think there's any way he, he jumps Luka or Doncic or Tatum. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough for him to get into that MVP mix as well because my top five right now, I would have Luka one, Jokic two, Tatum three, Giannis four, and then KD would be five. So, I mean, we see what Jokic is damn near averaging a a 25-point triple-double on the first team in the West. So, like, he's not over Jokic. Like, Giannis is averaging 32 and 11 on, like, 60% shooting. So, Tatum's, the you know, averaging 30 on the best team in the East. So, it's like... There's there's so many good candidates this year that I don't think he can be mentioned among those guys like above those guys, but he definitely deserves to be in the conversation because he's going crazy like 30 points, seven, uh, seven boards, five assists, a steal and a half on 56. Dude, he's shooting 56 percent from the field and he's not he's not like a just, you know, a Rudy Gobert where he's just dunking the ball like he's shooting mid range. He's shooting, you know, fadeaways. He's shooting threes like this dude well, is an advanced, two, advanced scorer. Playing the yeah. two at like seven foot, <laughs> like ridiculous. Name a shooting guard that can can, that can like, doesn't have to like jump to get in his peripheral vision. Like no one, of course, like no. exactly. He's, he's, I, he's, I mean, he's unguardable. I, yeah. I think outside I think of the, <laughs> So I think the I think the only reason the the Nets are on this crazy win streak, like yeah, Kevin Durant, I think is always gonna get his stats, but Kyrie Irving, I just don't think he's gonna keep up this stat where he's going. Where he's shooting fifty two percent, forty two percent from three, and ninety two percent from the free throw line in all of December. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So if, if if Kyrie does keep that up all year, yeah, they're going to be top three seed. Like just because that's yeah. those are crazy, but uh, I I just don't see that happening all year. They've uh, and no, go ahead, Nick. They they've just really excelled since since the Nets have actually gone like not they haven't been in the spotlight. They're Every other team is in the spotlight right now, and that's kind of when KD and Kyrie kind of kind of do well. When either of those superstars tend to be in the spotlight and chaos is around them, adversity hits, they they shrink. Yep. Yeah, it's for me. It's hard, like you both said, it's hard for me to say that they're going to remain consistent because 
the only thing consistent about these two is that they're not consistent. You know, that yeah. like you never know which version of Kyrie Irving is going to show up. You never know what he's going to say. So, or you never know if he's just literally not going to show up to the game. Like he might just be like, <laughs> Hey, I want to take today off and he just won't show up, you know? So as much as I love watching both their games, because as, as far as basketball goes, and as far as just watching offensive basketball, like there might not be two a duo in the league that I enjoy watching more than those two, because they're so offensively advanced and so offensively skilled that it's just beautiful to watch them play basketball but they're not reliable and then the first of all the rest of that team is not the the rest of that team that roster is not great you got joe harris who can shoot but can't play defense you got patty mills who can shoot but can't play defense you got claxton who cannot make a free throw and is not big enough to guard some of those bigs out east you got ben simmons who we just talked about is averaging a triple single while shooting 44 percent from the line and making probably making more millions of dollars than he is shooting a higher percentage from the free throw line. Like he's probably making about 50 million and shooting 44% from the line. Like that's fucking pathetic. Ben Simmons, Jesus Christ. Um, And I, the the playoffs will expose the playoffs will expose every team without depth. Yeah, no doubt about it. And the, the nets do not have good depth. Their roster is not constructed well, and they don't have enough defensively or rebounding to get the job done in a seven game series First, two great defensive and rebounding teams in in Milwaukee and Boston. Like Milwaukee and Boston's calling cards are, hey, we're going to hit the boards because we got huge guy. We got size. You're not going to be able to get to the rim. We're going to get all the rebounds or we're going to dominate inside. And you are not going to be able to. And if you play Joel Embiid and you got Nicholas Claxton guarding Joel Embiid, what do you think is going to happen, bro? Like Embiid's giving He's you 50. Four, like, yeah, I was going to say 40 we're, we're every day. Player, but... We have another player with a with a 60 or a 60 point triple double. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> facts facts if you got nicholas claxton on joel and like we're gonna have some problems but speaking of that matchup the sixers and nets matchup i don't know how it's gonna happen but i need that playoff matchup at some point in the playoffs i need ben simmons in the playoffs going back to philly i need james harden in the playoffs going back to the nets we got all the drama we got everything going on we got philly fans screaming f you at ben simmons we got crazy stuff going on i need that at some point because that well, is going to be an incredible matchup. I don't know how it'll happen, but I need it's gonna it. Happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen because Brooklyn's going to be the five, and and Philly's going to be the four. And the four, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like I or said, the, at the or the end six, of the year, or the, or the six, six and the three, and the something three, like that. Two, yeah. As long as I get to see it, I don't care what seed yeah. you are. I just need to see it in the first round, and then one of you, you know, wins the first round, and then loses to the Celtics or the and the Bucks in the second round, and then we get to see the Celtics and the Bucks conference finals matchup, which is inevitable, like Thanos. Yeah, but we'll transition. <laughs> We will transition to the team that we just talked about, the Philadelphia 76ers. They recently just had an eight-game win streak as well, and it was snapped by the Wizards. But they're fifth out east, even with Harden, Embiid, and Maxi each missing eight games apiece. And Maxi's been missing the whole year. He just came back a, a Friday against the Pelicans. So, Nick, I'll go to you first on this one. Can they contend out east? What are your thoughts on Philly? Uh, absolutely. Uh, anytime you're having these types of win streaks without – your, your 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 complete team together and getting in rhythm i think that once you're it's just it's just getting them all getting them all better i think that they they kind of remind me of the celtics last year they never had any team or any player they were always exchanging injuries so we didn't have any good uh lineup until midway of the season which that's what the 76ers are about to do i think like what in a week or two they'll finally have like everybody fully healthy and so I think they're a big threat. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, he's been, he's been doing well. And anytime, if you have Joel Embiid dominating the way he can, as long as he's healthy, he's just going to be a monster, to, monster, monster to stop. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think that they, they, they'll be a, a great contender 
with the uh, I see four contenders out east: Nets, mm-hmm. Celtics, Bucks, Sixers. Yep, I'm right there with you, Nick. I think I think that uh, the Sixers are kind of in the same category as the Nets, in my opinion. They're I think they're capped at that second round ceiling because we just talked about how good Milwaukee and, and, and Boston are. I think they could take either of those teams six games, but I don't see how they could how they could beat either of those teams. I think they, they could definitely beat Brooklyn because like we just talked about, Joel Embiid yeah. would body Nicholas Claxton or whoever's guarding him for the Nets. But Joe, what do you think, man? Are the Sixers going to uh, contender out east? I mean, so it's all dependent on Embiid. I mean, we've seen Embiid, you know, be dominant in the paint, be dominant, you know, all over the court. The problem that they run into is that they like to put it down there with Embiid and let him ISO the other big and let him just overpower him, which he can just about, I say 90% of every big in the league, Joel Embiid's going to body him. And he's just, he's a massive guy. He uses his weight really well, but the problem he runs into is when you bring a late double after he's put the ball on the floor and you strip him of it. And you think about some of them, like I've watched a few Celtics, you know, Sixers games and, you know, one of the, the things the Celtics do really well is they'll send like, you know, a, a shooting guard or a point guard late to double and beat and get, you know, get that ball because let's be real. He's seven, you know, he's over seven foot and that ball takes a long time to go from his hand to the court back to his hand. So the minute he starts dribbling, you send a guy down there and the best thing he can do is hope to God it comes back up to him and pass it. Because at that point he's lost his dribble. He can't advance into the key anymore. He can't advance into the paint. And it's over. He's got to pass out. So the key for the 76ers to be a contender is off the ball movement. They have to have off the ball movement. They have to send, make sure that that guy, wherever the help comes from, is a lethal shooter. It has to be a lethal shooter. So if you're going to send the ball into him, it's got to be Harden passing it in every time. Mm-hmm. You get the ball in Harden's hand. You put them both on one side. All the other three guys on the opposite side of the court, Harden passes it in. That way the help comes off Harden and Harden just knocks down a three. If they run that type of offense with those two guys, they are definitely a contender because, as we just said, James Harden, he's he's guy can put up points. You get him his shot, you get him to his space, and especially if it's behind the three point line, it's done. Game over. Yep. All right, that's what's going to that's what's going to take for the 76ers to be a contender because honestly, the way the Celtics play defense, the way Milwaukee can play defense, I don't I don't think that outside of doing something like that to just really allow Embiid to like just you know have 20 assists in a game because Harden's knocked down you know 20 of the 25 passes that Embiid's given him or whatever it is mm-hmm. and just have him jack up threes because that's the only way they win I don't think the roster is as good as you know the two guys we saw we the two teams we've already said Milwaukee has a better roster I think that the Celtics definitely have a better roster I think that you know the Philly is is one piece away they're a person away can it be Maxi? maybe but he hasn't been healthy all year. He knows how healthy he is right now. They he's need young. that other guy. You know, they need that one other p- person who, at you know, the drop of a hat, can get hot and throw up twenty five. You know, and yep. I just don't know if they got it. Yeah, I don't know if they got it either. I, I just don't trust them when it comes to playoff time because whenever they're there, when it matters most, the last few years, we we just haven't seen it. Like Embiid's never been to an Eastern Conference Finals. Like that's partially because of injuries. That's partially because of poor performance in the playoffs. Harden, James Harden's known for playoff collapses. Like we were okay. just we we're just talking about how I'm a Spurs fan. Like 2017, like thank you, James Harden. You single-handedly got us to the Western Conference Finals because you decided to choke those last couple of games. I appreciate you for that. 
But and then we like we talked about James uh, uh, Tyrese Maxey, still a young player, like and he's been hurt basically the whole season. He just got back, you know. So you still have Embiid averaging thirty four and ten, like he's ridiculous. Harden's averaging twenty two and eleven assists, which is crazy. He's averaging eleven assists a game, and Tyrese Maxey's averaging twenty two a game when healthy. And then you also got Tobias Harris as your fourth option, averaging seventeen a game. That's a really good fourth option. You got PJ Tucker as well, but. I just don't see it for them out east. I just don't see it. There's just not a path that I see getting over the hump with those two teams out east in, in Milwaukee and Boston. I just don't see it. And and B and B would have to dominate, and and Harden would have to not choke in the playoffs for once, and and you know things that never happen would have to happen. The one saving grace for the Sixers is PJ Tucker. Yep. Because PJ Tucker was single handedly the reason. I'll be honest that the Bucks Celtics went seven games last year. Because he literally, for probably about five of the seven games... He was on Heat last year, wasn't he? P.J. Tucker? Last year? Yeah, I thought he was no, on P.J. Tucker was a P.J. Tucker was with the Bucks because he was guarding I, uh, Jason Tatum. I thought he won up. the title with the Bucks and then he went to uh, and then he went to um, Miami afterwards. That, I don't... I'll Google. have to check. But like P.J. Tucker, when he's on... Let me Google. Brief Google break. Yeah. Bucks in 2020, Heat last year. But I mean, the Heat, oh, it was the the heat. heat took it was the heat. That's what it was. It was the, the Heat. The Heat took y'all seven, seven last year. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what, that's what I'm saying. But PJ Tucker, he locked up Jason Tatum. I just, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I had him in a Pugs jersey for <laughs> whatever reason, but still, yeah. it doesn't matter. Well, the year I mean, before he was, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and he's he plays very good defense on Jason Tatum. So if the Sixers meet the Celtics, you know, someone else for the Celtics is going to have to win that game for them because PJ Tucker, whatever it is. He just knows what it takes to guard Jason Tatum. He's not a big guy. He's not an overly athletic. You know, he's not tall. He's not overly athletic. But PJ Tucker can play some damn defense. Yep. It's wild. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. He's he's just like an all like strength and all heart guy. Like he's he's not yeah. the most talented. You're not, if you get zero points out of out of him, you're not going to be like, oh no, PJ Tucker didn't score any. It's like he's oh, not on the court name? to score. He's on the court to play defense, and he's on the court to just piss you off. Like, that's where P.J. PJ Tucker's on the court. There was a Celtics guy, and he ended up with the Grizzlies. And I can't remember his name right now. Tony Allen. Tony Allen. Tony mm-hmm. P.J. Tucker is a bigger Tony Allen. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, first legitimately. Team, first team all defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what P.J. Tucker is. That's a that's an OG. That's that's Tony Allen's a, a throwback name. That's who Kobe yeah. said guarded him best was Tony Allen. So yeah, that's oh, a, dude was a dog. Those are just, just yeah, he's, a, he's a dog. He's and that's and that's what the Sixers need. They need a dog, especially getting rid of Ben Simmons, who's the opposite of a dog. Uh, bringing in PJ well, Tucker. I mean, he's a, he's a dog. A, he's just more of like a you know a Chihuahua. I wouldn't say Chihuahuas are viciously mean. They're small and tiny <laughs> and overpowering, but and you can overpower them pretty easily. But they're vicious. I was thinking more like a I don't even know like a like a basset hound you know just lazy so, and, and wrinkly and doesn't really run very fast or do anything athletically very well but you know something like in that some way that sounds that sounds like ben simmons he's yeah he's got an accent he's got an accent we'll give that to ben simmons yeah uh but that's gonna do it for us today on the house call podcast we appreciate all you guys stopping with us watching um and another shout out to our sponsor that's Liquid IV. Go get 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast at liquidiv.com. I love Liquid IV. I'm personally sweating really, really hard right now because all my windows are closed and I'm in Maui, Hawaii, and it's super humid. So I'm going to get me some Liquid IV right after this. going to give me that watermelon flavor. That's a go-to for me. But thank you all for watching. Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We appreciate all the feedback. 
please be sure to follow us on all our social media platforms as well at the house call podcast instagram tiktok youtube spotify twitter we got our blog up on www.thehousecall.com which joe did a great job of, of orchestrating for us thank you my man and we'll catch you guys later peace as i'm telling you this is it this circle at home i'm getting everything i got today fellas everything you got mama let's go tell